Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey and Darren Peter. Hello, folks. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. I am John Fahey. I am joined by consummate pretty boy and high-functioning pervert Aaron Pita, everybody. Give it up! Hey, that's me. Hi, I'm Aaron. (laughs) I am a high-functioning pervert. Also joining us, uh, sharing his first ever profile, is the unmistakably handsome Mr. Matt Brousseau. Hi. It's great. More about me. Great, Mm -hmm. great uh, to have... um, this show with you guys, I um yeah, it is. We we um we had our uh, highest ever listens for the um, episode before last, which was uh, Porno Samurai Killer, <laughs> and uh, we're getting around two thousand listens an episode now, and which uh, is very very nice. Yeah, and me and Aaron like we'll just be like kind of giddy about it and like ah oh, like super excited and um. But then I actually think about all the people that are listening, and I just want to say, it really means the world to us that you guys give a shit. Yeah. We have to do this. We have to talk about weird shit. We are excited to share it with you guys, but it really means the world to us that you guys are listening and give a fuck. And interacting. People are suggesting shit to me more and more and more and coming up with great perspective profiles. Mm -hmm. It just means the world to us. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, we look forward to doing it, and we look forward... Every week, I can't wait for it, and uh, you two guys are two people that I absolutely love, and every time I see you, it instantly puts me in a good mood. Oh, thanks, John. Oh, it's and, the same. And ladies and gentlemen, he needs that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a, mo- I'm a moody wretch. <laughs> you motherfucker, you. <laughs> but I mean it. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for... Doing the show with me uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit of uh, Catholic eccentricity. I was uh, I was raised as a uh, Irish guy, and uh, the church looms very large there. It's hard to put into words how big the church used to be. My dad, he he would go to school in Ireland, and every school in Ireland is a Catholic school, and so you would be going to school and in the middle of school they would have like a sermon and stuff like that my dad was he couldn't watch stuff like the devil's advocate he would be like i have to leave the room because i don't believe in any of this shit now like i'm a total atheist but i was so scarred he's like some sermons in school would be an hour-long description of hell Mm. telling you about the various tortures Mm. and it was so hard for ireland to like break away from the church like only recently after like all of the immense molestation and like brutal abuse stuff came out it came out after america it came out after like all the boston stuff Mm -hmm. they weren't ready to admit it like it was just kind of one of those things where you were like okay this is how it is and you got to deal with it and the catholic church did i think a very good job of doing that thing where it's like a very fatherly thing where you go it's not wrong if i'm doing it Oh, yeah. Do They've it. never admitted blame. No, do and, as I say, not as I do. Yeah, and that ties in with the thing you were saying in the news recently about the Pope. That's right. Pope Francis, who by all accounts is a, a, a relatively 
uh, very liberal, progressive, revolutionary guy. almost yeah, by he, by standards. Yeah, he's from Argentina. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not European. Uh, he just went down to Chile this week and uh, <laughs> said all the critics of the certain cardinals and all the children accusing. This this guy of abuse and and sexual abuse. <laughs> they said it's all slander and bullshit. Oh, and, yeah, and people. I mean, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, is I it like, slander if it's true? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because like Ireland is really a country that is now just coming out underneath the shell of being uh, like Italy came out much sooner. Mm-hmm. Being like they were kind of like we know this is fucked up because we're so close to yeah. it, and like there was a thing where like we're like. The Vatican, like when they were voting on legalizing abortion in Italy, the Pope came out like to the street and was like, you can't do this. I live here. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this. And they were like, fuck you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But like Ireland was like a little bit of a stepchild. It took them like longer. But now like recently, the government of Ireland has actually admonished the Catholic Church being like, shame on you for what you did here. Mm-hmm. Most of us have been molested. Yeah. Or at least brutally, brutally uh, abused. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The corporal punishment in in the Catholic Church and, and Catholic schools, I mean, that's... Not everybody got molested, but everybody got fucking whipped. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just the houses for unwed mothers, where they're just... Right. Years later, they find graves, mass yeah, graves. Yeah, mass graves, babies. absolutely, yeah. And, like, I mean, like, that is a thing that you find in every religion, even if it's, like, I mean, I've heard of things in Virginia with, like, the Harry Krishnas. It's, like, if you get enough people in any kind of, like, belief, theology stuff, there's going to be fucking graves. Yeah. You know? But uh, the Catholic Church did have a a very good hold on it, I think, for uh, most of people. Like, it was just, like, it was unshakable. And, I like, I still people that know all of the wrongs. Like, we were saying about Sinead O'Connor. She's like, the Catholic Church is super fucked up. She said it way back then. She ripped up a picture of the Pope on TV. Yeah, and they knew she was going to do something. And Lauren Michaels was like, don't hit the applause sign. Don't do it. So she went out to commercial to Stone Cold Silence. Everybody going like, what the, what the fuck? What the fuck? But Arguably she, more powerful. Mm-hmm. But she's still like, I still am... She still has some faith. Like, I just don't understand how, how people still want to be involved in it at all. I mean, I think when you get him, I think the, the phrase was, and I don't know if this was, maybe it was the Jesuits, but uh, it was, you know, give me the boy until age 10 and I will deliver to you the man. Mm-hmm. And when you get him that young and you just indoctrinate, you you, you can't get that code out of there Yeah, for a long time or yeah. like a lot of work. Right. It's a boogeyman story and it yeah. works. You didn't grow up Catholic. No, I did not grow up. My, my family was Catholic, mm-hmm. both sides, actually. Like yeah. my, my dad's side is from Spain, heavily Catholic, and my mom's side uh, with some Polish and Italian in there. And, uh, I mean, my grandma had a picture of John Paul in, in her car. Yeah. But, like, never, it was never shoved down my throat. I think, uh, thank God, it was never, never had to go to Catholic school or anything like that. And I dabbled in it a little bit in the middle school. Mm. Not Catholicism, but just, you know, the idea of church, and I just kind of was not into it. Yeah, there's a weird, like, lack of salesmanship in Catholicism, too. It's kind of like, well, no, you you believe in it. Like, it's just, like, implicitly, yeah. like, being like, no, you're into it. We yeah. decided. Yeah. They don't really sell you on it. They're like, no, 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 you uh, get it, you yeah, know? They don't even teach. 
they don't tell you any of the good stuff to sell you on it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Bad salesmanship, but yeah. And I think they also learned something from Judaism there, because Judaism is like they don't recruit and, and like you're like, what's going on there? <laughs> it makes you want to get involved. Catholicism. What's in it for me? Well, a lot of guilt, everlasting torment, possible yeah. abuse. Yeah, but also like I mean, part of like the, the few Catholic masses I've been to, they definitely have some of those things where they try to like get you like into you know sort of a meditative state with the chants and the hymns mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like there is some. Things where they are using real physical things to get you into a, like a meditative oh yeah thing the that incense would, that, swinging from the rafters right. and stuff and the beautiful artwork and the stained glass and all yeah that. I mean, yeah it is incredible it's the greatest show on earth yeah <laughs> it really is yeah and like that shit works so you would be like okay well why wouldn't the rest work mm-hmm. but it is of course riven with a. Uh, controversy and fucked up stuff, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I love about, like, how bogus the Bible is and stuff like that is that they were saying, like, you know, once the Roman Empire became Catholic, they would rewrite that fucker depending on whoever was Caesar. Whoever was the emperor of Rome, they would rewrite the Bible because it was, you know, nobody had Bibles. So you had... Or or could read. Yeah, you had the Bible Mm -hmm. and you could tell the most... So they would constantly... Like, this thing is so rewritten and torn apart and fucked up from whatever it was because it's the most important... It's the book. Mm -hmm. It is the book, Mm -hmm. you know? But they would just use it for political purposes. Mm -hmm. Still. Yeah. Good move. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a very good move. Uh, you you got some you got some interesting stuff you want to yeah, talk about. Yeah, well, you know, we were talking about how powerful the church was, and you know, for for a big period of time, especially during kind of that Renaissance age, they, it was a, they were essentially the Vatican and the Catholic Church was basically just the royalty of the Western world. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were the Pope, you were the king of the West, right? Right. And so, uh, the thing I wanted to kind of bring up is really it's a short but very Aaron Pita story. <laughs> <laughs> and this was the uh, the banquet of chestnuts. Hell yeah. you ever heard of the banquet? Oh god. No. Nope. And I guess they made a uh, they did an episode on the Borgias about this because this is when it took place. It took place in uh, in 1501 when Cesare Borgia was the pope. And it was basically it was full of nepotism. Like he appointed his 15-year-old son to be a cardinal and then his his daughter was in there too and she was really young. There might have been some incest and stuff like that. And they were just Ugh. known for the corruption and debauchery. Uh, very Trumpy. Very very Lots <laughs> with of the, piss. So much piss. So the <laughs> the banquet of the chestnuts was put on by Cesar Borgia before he became Pope. And it was Pope Alexander, his dad, who put it on in 1501. And uh, they had this giant, huge banquet in the in the palaces in in, in the Vatican. And uh, that you know it was a who's who of the papacy and, and Catholicism at the time. And uh, Giant, giant feast, which I imagine pheasants and meat pies and fruits mm-hmm. and delicacies and jugs of wine. And they had, uh, you know, there's candelabras all around. So you imagine like the wax is melting all over the table. It's dimly lit. <laughs> Everyone's getting fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, they invited like 50 of the best courtesans. And room. They were hookers. <laughs> <laughs> they brought fifty of the best hookers there. And so at the uh so the dinner's over, they're having their wine their dessert wine or whatever, and everyone's all lit up on piss. <laughs> 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 and uh 
So then, like, the uh, the servants come out, and they take the candelabras off the table to clean off the table. They put the candelabras, like, on the floor. Mm. So this is the, the, all the light is coming from the floor. There's no fucking light bulb. Straight there. to the floor. Hell yeah. <laughs> so light, it's all dimly lit. The candles are on the floor, melting, melting wax, like, on the floor everywhere. And they would they threw a bunch of uh, chestnuts on the ground. And oh. the, like, roasted chestnuts are, like, a nice, like, sweet, you know, warm, desserty kind of tree. They were a treat back then. Just they didn't have fucking, like... You know, they didn't have Swedish fish and chocolate. No chocolate. Pull and peel Twizzlers. <laughs> they didn't have any of that shit. It was a dark time. It was a dark time. No chocolate. Chocolate. No fucking chocolate. <laughs> uh, Guys, got any chocolate? And um, fucking chestnuts. Nasty. So they all the the hookers start to disrobe. They're naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all lit up, <laughs> and uh, they made them crawl around on the floor naked. Hold the phone. <laughs> yeah. Really? Made them crawl around on the floor naked to gather up all the chestnuts. And basically it was it turned into a free for all to like bang all these hookers on the floor while, while they gather all the chestnuts. And the Pope would just like sit back and like admire this as all of his people, those cronies are nailing ass up. to ass. Oh hell yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jennifer Connolly's Hell there. yeah. And, and, Get uh, the nuts. And well that's the thing about the nut. Is that <laughs> is that the Pope like was super super into male virility? Like he he would they would keep, he kept score by like how many times these guys could nut no and if no they, like how big their loads no, were no no yep, no yep, no no yeah yeah he was like oh that, this guy he had, he put three nuts on this he's got fucking, a big nut oh dude the banquet he's got a, he's got a fucking max load bro <laughs> the banquet of the best nuts oh, oh is my. what this ended up being <laughs> that and, was really the deal yeah so like you know servants kept score of each man's orgasms because the pope like really admired virility and measured a man's machismo by his jesus ejaculative capacity <laughs> As you sure do. Uh, you know, like you said, they probably could have used some max load. Yeah, I mean, because if you're if you're fucking in front of the Pope, you want three things: you want to come harder, you want to come longer, and you, you want to come, come more. more. Yeah, <laughs> yo, I'm trying to be that fucking archbishop, bro. <laughs> uh, and so people say that maybe it was kind of like uh, this: the story was embellished to make the church look bad, but like it's really not. No, they, they did, were up to that. They shit. were up to that kind of shit. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm surprised there's not as much piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not, there's not enough gratuitous nastiness. Yeah, to, if, to if anything had been be changed, true. yes, exactly. Yeah. It's right on par with the stuff they did, and I guess the guy had his own. The Pope had his like you know his record keeper type of guy, and uh, he he wrote this all this shit down that that's what they did and it was just a, one of like the most legendary crazy orgies and there are like paintings of it and stuff too maybe we'll put them on the Instagram yeah yeah the uh, the show the Borgias on Showtime did it they I guess they took some liberties but uh, yeah man the fucking banquet of the chestnuts the uh, Jesus Christ I, I wish I was there <laughs> uh, that sounds like a, a real wild time. We, you know, you talk about Catholicism not really doing a good job of selling yep. the story. I mean, you tell me mm-hmm. that if I take my communion, I maybe go, get to go to a banquet of the chestnuts when I turn 14. <laughs> Imagine the Facebook invite. <laughs> <laughs> the banquet of, banquet of the chestnuts sounds boring. And you read the fine print, and you're like, oh, fuck. Interested. Don't, yeah. Don't <laughs> Interested? RSVP. Mm-hmm. It just says don't nut for three days before you cut. <laughs> yeah, the Pope's watching. Yeah, you, you gotta save it up, dude. The Pope with his eyebrows all up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has a big load. And then they gave, he, gave, he gave prizes out. 
They gave prizes to like both the hookers and the guys who would nut so much, like silk robes and shoes and shit like that. <laughs> Robe. Yeah, creeping on their hands and knees between the chandeliers, trying to get all that nut. Now, I tell you about the thing with my uh, <laughs> chestnuts and also right when uh, my fucking uh, my family would go to Ireland when I was a kid all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd be in the airport or whatever, and like there'd be like fucked up, you know, like it was like a whole gang of us, right? <laughs> And uh, my grandfather was like, you know, the patriarch there. And uh, one time they're like, they keep announcing the flight's delayed, the flight's delayed. We're all waiting. and I'm like a kid, so I'm like mad impatient. This seems like eternity. And uh, they're like, they like, something's wrong with the windshield of the plane. We're like, okay, well, that sounds bad. Because <laughs> there's guys up there flying it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, they're like, okay, yeah, we're still working on the windshield. And they're like, okay, whatever. And they're like, well, we're not going to fix it. Like, this is like, so like, we're all in like the the gate of the airport and we're all like looking up. You know how you look up when a thing comes over the, the, the PA, you, you all look at the speaker mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. even though there's nothing to see there. <laughs> so we're, we're all looking up at this shit. And they're like, well, the plane is not going to be fixed in time. It's going to go out tomorrow. And um, in the meantime, um, you all can go to the JFK hotel and... A room and a buffet will be provided, or rooms and a buffet will be provided. My grandfather hears robes and a buffet <laughs> will be provided. Like we're all going to be in the gate of the airport wearing robes. <laughs> like you're like, oh well, this means it's nighttime. We have robes. <laughs> so my grandfather's looking up at the speaker and he goes, a robe. I don't want a fucking robe. <laughs> and we're like, no, Pat, rooms, man, rooms. They're going to give us a room. And so then later we're at the fucking, we're at the fucking buffet in the JFK hotel. And we're like, I was like stirring it up, you know what I mean? And I'm like a kid and I go, hey, Pat, uh, I'm like, what's your problem with robes anyway? And he goes, they're for Frenchmen and homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Now, where are the chestnuts at this fucking buffet? That was it. All these candles are on the table. They should be on the floor. <laughs> Giving out robes as a gift is great. It is. Especially when you... But all of, all of this like all this Catholicism stuff, like why I in, intensely believe that all of it is just as debauched and fucked up as you're saying. Debauched. Oh, man. Is I feel like it's just a continuity of the the Roman Emperor thing, mm-hmm. right? Because those guys, Adam, I got my buddy Nevin, longtime listener of the show, zero time caller. Uh, yeah, zero time caller. He, I got him a book um, called The Decadent Emperors, and it's just uh, you you hear about Caligula, but like there was a million guys after that that were savage lunatics. I'm talking about complete. Like, as bad as we think we have it with Trump and stuff like that, like, these guys were running the show for most of what what is considered, like, the civilized world and just doing anything preferred it Mm -hmm. with total power, total corruption. Several of them would uh, get in drag and hook on the street of Rome. You're no talking, joke. You're, you're talking about no. an emperor, Under, undercover an boss. emperor Caesar, yeah. <laughs> undercover boss, exactly, oh undercover prez, <laughs> dude. More than one would get on the street and hook and just be like, I, I want you know, I want to feel like what the people are like. You know what I mean? Caesar's a real asshole, huh? Yeah, yeah give it to him. Give this to other, him. this other motherfucker, uh, he would have this thing where he would like uh, he would bathe in a swimming pool. And he would um, have what he called his minnows mm. nip 
during bathing at his legs. Oh, what are the minnows, John? They were uh, small children that were told to swim around him and nip at his legs as he bathed. That's what he got off on. (laughs) This is the emperor of Rome. That's when you like you fucked too much. Like I I I, I can't get off unless yeah, yeah, tiny yeah, little yeah. fish children. Well, you, 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 your joke about what else you got? What else you got? <laughs> that's where it leads. Exactly. Like if you get if you can get anything you want as far as perversion, like you gotta you, get creative. You're gonna be like, well, I'm bored of uh, you know getting stabbed in the leg while blown. So uh, what do I do now? I guess I'll hit the streets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I mean, like. It's it, it was pure pandemonium. Yeah. So that's why I completely believe that the whole Pope thing yeah. would be so fucking rife. Yeah, you are God's mouth on earth. Yeah. I mean, we saw, you know, what happened here in America, which is not even Europe, which is so much more enthralled with the fucking church. Mm-hmm. What they would do here and get away with, with no questions. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine back then when nobody had, you know, a magazine to read or anything else. And we were just like, I guess this is how it is. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool stuff. It's pretty <laughs> insane. It makes you like, wow, man, we were born the wrong time. <laughs> I mean, everything's funny in hindsight, especially tragedy <laughs> <laughs> and perversion. I mean, yeah, like some yeah, of this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like Caligula making his horse a senator just to be like, fuck the Senate <laughs> is so funny. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's so, so funny. It's Marx Brothers. It's yeah. so funny. It's like, what does he think? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, your name. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. Here's what your opinion is worth. Put some peanut butter in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I'm very excited. Oh, okay. You have some uh, profiling to do for us. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, longtime listener, never time caller, mm-hmm. my friend at home in Fort Myers, Florida, Michelle Conlin, told me, whoever records you guys, you gotta have that guy talk more on the podcast because he has a great voice. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Not only that, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. But Matt is uh, one of the best looking human beings alive. Oh, he's got a nice head of hair. Thanks, folks. That's, uh, I appreciate it. It's taken me 30 years to take a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I accept it. Ah, boys. Lads. Listeners. Lay some shit on Listeners us. out yeah. there. We open. It's January. 897 in Rome. Ooh. 897. It's a chilly day, Eight. according to historians. And we enter the Basilica Salvatoris. Oh. Uh-huh. What the fuck is that? It's uh <laughs> it's the Archbasilica of uh of Rome. It's it's, okay. it's it's the house of the Pope. Okay. Where they have everything is there. Okay. Uh do you also know it as the Archbasilica St. John Lateran? Mm. That's just the non Latin words for it, I guess. Okay. We open there. We enter a full house, packed house. And one pope is yelling as loud as he can, accusing this man of heresy and corruption. And he's yelling all of this at a dead man wearing papal robes in a throne. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. In a throne? Yes. They have <laughs> taken a dead man and put him on the papal chair, the pope's chair, and they are running a court case to accuse him of desecrating his office. They're trying the dead man? They are trying the dead man. He is on trial. Yes. In on a throne. Yes. Jesus. All right, well, who's the dead man? Well, I'll get to that. Oh. Okay. This folks is the no, is known as the Cadaver Synod or Synod. Cadaver Synod. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's spelled S Y N O D, so I mispronounce it. It's also known in Latin, this is much more fun, as the Synod Horrendous. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Mhm. I like that. So how do we get here? Well, it all starts in 800 
mm-hmm. when Charlemagne is crowned Holy Roman Emperor. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlemagne, uh, Charles the Great, as you would. Yeah. Now, he has four wives and three legitimate sons, and only one of them lives, and his name is Louis the Pious. Now, Louis, he's known as Louis the Pious because one time he accidentally killed his nephew. Uh, he sentenced him to death, and he said, no, I won't kill him, and then he accidentally killed him. So then he went to the Pope, and he asked for forgiveness, and... Gave all of his mistakes. He, he he tried to atone for everything, even stuff like I pooped in the grass, which is usually as like <laughs> as a t- guy like that, you don't have to right, come out right. and say it. But yeah. he he gave everything, so they called him Louis the Pious. Now Louis, he has four sons. All right, he has three uh, from his first marriage and one from his second. And the one from his first marriage, this guy named Lothar, becomes the uh, Holy Roman Emperor after Louis. So Charlemagne dies in eight fourteen. Louis becomes the Holy Roman Emperor. Emperor. Okay. And then his, his oldest son, Lothar, becomes Holy Roman Emperor. Now, he dies in 840. And as soon as he dies, he, uh, he gives it to his son, Louis II. Now, Louis doesn't have any kids. So, when Louis dies, there's no immediate successor to uh, the throne. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? Well, then you have some fucking guy just pick it for you. Wow. And what that usually is, in this time, it's the Pope. Mm-hmm. So, the Pope's going to choose the heir. Now, there's a kind of battle back and forth. So everybody wants to get something from the Pope. You know? And if he doesn't pick him, they hate him. If they pick him, they love him. Yeah. That's how it is. Now, Louis dies in 875. There's no male heir, and so the choices are either his wife becomes emperor. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't do that back then. Nope. Or Louis's other son, Louis the German. <laughs> Was he a mob guy? Yeah, Louis <laughs> the German. Hey, Louis the German. German. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, Louis the Kraut. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, so, so Charlemagne is part of the Carolingian uh, dynasty. Right. And they they are the first great dynasty of uh, the Holy Roman Emperor Empire, and then they eventually b- pass out. But one of their rivals is the Duchy of Spoleto, and this will become important later. <laughs> the Duchy of Spoleto. Pass the Duchy. It's so fun. <laughs> There's just say. so many. The, I, I, I was talking to the Duchy of Spoleto the other day, and then Frankie the fucking German showed up, and all hell broke loose. <laughs> so so we have Louis Louis's wife. Mm-hmm. We have Louis the German. Yeah, the other son. And then we have this third son named Charles the Bald. <laughs> Jeez, these are complete <laughs> mafia names. Yeah. Uh, bald Charlie. No, he was named Charles the Bald because, not because he didn't have hair, but because he was from Louis the Pious' second marriage, mm. and he had no lands. Oh, really? Yes. So then he eventually became the king of the Franks, and uh, eventually he had those lands. But so th- these are the three people vying for this throne. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Louis II's wife, she was part of the, uh, the Duchy of Spoleto. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get these two rival factions, and she's kind of in the family, and, but she wants her side to have more power. But the Pope at the time, this man named uh, uh, John VIII, he says, uh, none of this. I choose Charles the Bald. Really? Just because uh, I, I couldn't find a specific reason. But uh, the Spoleto dynasty w- was the direct uh, geographic rival to Rome. Uh-huh. So if you split, if you split Italy northwest to southeast yeah. on that line, Rome is on the west coast, and the Spoleto dynasty is on the east coast. Uh-huh. And so they're a little close. It's kind of frightening for the Pope because they want as much power as they can get. Right. So this brings us to our main character, a man named Formosus. Okay. Now, Formosus, no one knows anything about him. Uh, he was born in 816, maybe. Mm-hmm. He didn't get his name until he became pope years later. But before that, he was uh, known as the, he was the Bishop of Porto uh, in 864. He was about 50-something years old and mm-hmm. appointed Bishop of Porto, which is it's, uh, Porto is a port town on the west coast of Italy. 
mm-hmm. where the Tiber River enters. Right. So that, that river runs all the way through Rome. This is a major port. Mm-hmm. It's a very big empo- appointment for him. By all accounts, he is extremely well-liked. At one point, he's, a, he's appointed to be a, a representative for the, the Pope t- in Bulgaria, and he's so well-liked there that they asked the Pope to make it a permanent position. Wow. Legally, the Pope is not allowed to do that, so he doesn't. Okay. Because you, you're not supposed to. There was a rule that you're not supposed to switch from one diocese to another. Okay. And this was so you wouldn't kind of like bribe your way up to the top. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because you can do that now, but back then they you were You got to molest a kid, well, and yeah, then they, yeah, they, yeah, they move you around. You got to move these fuckers around. <laughs> That's right. You're touching everybody. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, Pope Benedict was the guy who did that. He was right. The, he was the head yeah. of moving kid-fucking bishops around to other yeah. dioceses. Yeah, so. in a weird way, I feel like the Benedict thing is like the most uninvestigated story mm. about how this guy's still alive, has like an apartment in the Vatican mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, you're like, okay. You just live there? <laughs> He's not Pope anymore. He's not he Pope go- anymore. <laughs> but like... What nobody's being like, well, this is why. Like, it's because he's fucking did all this shit. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no recourse at all about it. It's just like, oh yeah, this guy was. He quit. I mean, you know, believe it or not, his Nazi past is not the worst of it. Right. <laughs> 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 it was more the molestinin. Hiding of molesters <laughs> and looking like Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so diabolically it's evil. It's so. How did he? Did you hire him over the phone? What the fuck? Did you not look at him? Did they have pictures and then the resume? Yeah, yeah. Did he have Darth Vader's mask on for most of it? I'm sorry. Continue, Matt. Oh, no, no. I, I enjoyed it. All right. So it's 875, all right? Okay. And this is prime Pope time. Mm-hmm. In between 872 and 904, a period of 32 years, there are 24 different Popes. <laughs> Which means it's chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone dies, a family wants, their, they want influence, they do whatever they can to get their pope in. Yeah. They don't like this pope, someone tries to murder him. They yeah. get someone else in. 24 different people were pope for, in 32 years, which means it's like, what, what stays? What rules stay? Right. Does anything matter at this yeah. point? Yeah. So at 872, just before this, is when John VIII is crowned pope. And this guy from Moses, he's not a huge fan of this guy. Also, he was in the running, so he was kind of against it. Mm-hmm. And by 875, you know, all of this is getting out. And he doesn't like these Spalettans coming in. And he's worried about them. He's worried about all this negative uh, 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 rumors about him. So he flees. He flees Rome. And, and he goes and hides in, in tours in, uh, in France. And because of this, everybody just goes, oh, he's probably plotting something. He's probably guilty of something. Right. And so John VIII, he, uh, he, he crowns Charles the Bald. And then he calls a, a, another synod. And he says, everybody who fled has to come back and answer for it. Right. And Formosus says no. And so because of this, he's excommunicated. Mm. And he has to sign a document saying, I will not return to Rome. And if I do, bad things are going to happen to me. But then John VIII dies. Mm-hmm. So before, before he ever signs the paper. No, so he signs it. Uh-huh. But John, John VIII dies in 883, uh, six, six, seven years later. And Pope Hadrian III, he becomes Pope. And he says, all right, none of that's a big deal. You can come back to Porto. You can be the Bishop of Porto in one of the biggest cities again. And you're back in the running for everything. A couple years later, Hadrian dies. Then this guy Stephen is elected. Then he dies. And now it's 891. (laughs) In eight years, they're just coming. They're just turning them out. Yeah. Now, Formosus is elected. And by all accounts, everybody loves him. This is the people love him. The other, the papacy loves him. Everybody gets along with him well. Except for one family. One duchy. 
Ooh. The Spilettas. Yeah. Motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. You fucking motherfucker. motherfucker. I'll fucking kill you, kids. I'll kill you, kids. You dirty fucking Spilettas. I try so hard at work. It doesn't mean shit. You fucking Spilettas. So now, so you've got, you've got, You've got the Holy Roman Emperor, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you've got the the new Pope. So, but also the same year for Moses elected Pope, the Holy Roman Emperor dies, and the new Holy Roman Emperor is this guy named Guy the Third. He's got a third. Those other two guys ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember Frankie the German? This is uh, Guy the Third, <laughs> and he's Guy the Third of what? Of Spoleto. Oh, this oh, m- shit. And so this guy, he says, uh, this guy, he says, uh, <laughs> I need to, I need to con- concrete my power. I need to, 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 to keep it forever. I need to make sure my family. So he has his son, this guy named Lambert. He also makes him a co-Holy Rem- Roman Emperor. Weird. Mm. So he's like, if I die, it immediately goes to him. Right. And this is a time where like the Pope isn't just picked by other, other clergy. Sometimes it's secession. Sometimes a rich family says we want him and they have enough power to do it. Really? Yes. Wow. So there's, there's no white smoke or anything like that. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. This wasn't until uh, 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 1050 or something like that. No shit. So all of a sudden we have these two factions here. The Pope and this family he doesn't like, now they're, uh, they're both in the biggest power in the land. And so when Guy dies, or Guy dies, this is one year later, and Lambert is 14 years old and now he's supposed to be crowned the Holy Roman Emperor. Shh. And so before he gets there, Formosus writes to this other guy, this guy named Arnulf. Arnulf? Arnulf of Corinthia. Because that's where, oh, no. <laughs> that's where he was from. I'm Lothar. This is me, mate, Lambert. <laughs> we like to wear robes. <laughs> we wear robes, didn't we? <laughs> those, are, those are, Lothar is such a oh, shitty it's a, name. <laughs> it's such an evil name. What's your name? Lothar. <laughs> Lothar, table of two. <laughs> We're all booked up. <laughs> Lothar. So the the Pope, he, he asks Arnulf, he says, hey, why don't you come down here and drive these fucks from the castle, from Rome, and then you can be Holy Roman Emperor. And Arnulf is like, all right, I'll do that. So he goes down in 894. He goes down, he drives the Spoletos out of Rome. And now he's crowned Holy Roman Emperor, and he's on his way to East to finish him off and as he goes out there, he suffers paralysis or stroke or just whatever. He fell down one time and never, yeah, his legs yeah, didn't yeah. work anymore or something. Yeah. That's just how it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's, he's still a Holy Roman Emperor. He just can't do shit. Right. Which really means for Moses now has some power. Yeah. And what he does is uh, he just, he doesn't do too much. He gets involved in some skirmishes. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have made a ruling on it. He makes some enemies, but nothing too big. Mm-hmm. But then he dies, and it's kind of mysterious. No one's really sure why. Mm. Everybody thinks poison. Mm. But you can't prove it back then. Right. What do you do? The guy's the old man. He was like 80-something. He dies. When yeah, you die. yeah. He's dead. What do you want? <laughs> exactly. He's dead. What do you want? The rumor is that the matriarch of the Spoleto family, this woman named Agriltrude. A-G-I-L-T-R-U-D-E. Agiltrude. Okay. She is a very powerful woman at this time. Sounds like it. Uh-huh. So the rumor is that she wanted him poisoned. And really? So uh, that's probably how he died, everybody thinks. Hmm. Oh, no, f- I want him poisoned! <laughs> now! Fuck off, a <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm in my robe, can't you see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I'll poison him when I damn well feel like yeah, it. Why don't you ring up Luthor? Yeah, you real liked him <laughs> back in your school days. Yeah, oh, oh, take it up with Frankie the German then. <laughs> now, for Moses, according to one source, he's so well liked that when he dies, the public riots in the streets. Wow. Because it just seemed too soon. Really? Yeah. According to, to, I didn't see this in other sources, but according to one source, the hmm. public is very well liked. Hmm. Now he's succeeded by uh, uh, succeeded by Boniface the sixth. That means there are five other Bonifaces, <laughs> <laughs> and he dies in fifteen days. Rumor poison. Yeah, mm-hmm. seems like that might be it. Considering the next pope is Stephen the sixth, who is a Spoleta. Wow. Oh. So Gertrude's making some moves here. Yeah. Now, what is one of the first things he does? He digs up Formosa, he dresses him up in papal vestments, and he puts him on trial. To what end? Well, that's what? where we, Okay. So there's two things going on here. Mm-hmm. One is a Gertrude just wants she just wants to hurt this man still. Mm-hmm. She just wants to just embarrass him or do whatever she can. She wants to take out her anger on him. On Even the, though he's dead. Even though he's dead. Dig him up! <sighs> They don't. Oh, Gertrude, you want to put your man through the ringer? <laughs> <laughs> and this, the second thing is, remember that rule earlier I told you about? You can't go from one diocese to another. That was, yes. There was an old synod that they made that rule. Right. Now, Stephen wants this wants Formos, Formosus to, to be ruled an invalid pope because Stephen did the exact same thing Formosus did, is he went from one diocese in Rome to become pope. Mm-hmm. And so he also broke that law. But right. if he says Formosus, everything everything he did was invalid, then his appointment by Formosus is also invalid. Right. So therefore, he is clear of that law. So this yeah. this trial does two things for them. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he if he can invalidate this guy's rule, mm-hmm. he, he by by um not by proxy but by extension mm-hmm. is absolved of of his wrongdoing. Of his own wrongdoing. Yeah, yes. Got it. Interesting. So I just want you to picture, there's, here, here's, here's, here's a, a paragraph from uh, this guy Paul Collins in Birth of the West. He wrote about this. He wrote about just the body itself. He says, usually after nine to ten months, bodies are in an advanced state of decomposition, especially if exposed to the weather. However, protected by his tomb, Formosa's body must have been reasonably intact when exhumed. Summer in Rome is usually hot and dry. Given these conditions, the corpse would have quickly dehydrated. As a result, the skin would have turned hard, leather, and black, creating a thick protective shell around much of the body. (laughs) But the underlying moist tissues would have produced a pungent smell that would have been repulsive and sickening even in an age when people were used to the stench of death. Jesus Uh, Christ. For an entire day, they put this man's body on trial. Yeah, with him stinking. To answer for him, they recruited an 18-year-old deacon who was appointed deacon by Formosus, and he had to answer all of the charges hurled at him. Standing next to the body for the entire day. Oh, taking a big old whiff of death. Whoa, 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 whoa. So there's an 18-year-old kid up there with this dead body. Speak mm-hmm. for the dead guy who smells like shit, <laughs> yeah, kid. Yeah. And he's going up there, he's like, uh, I, uh, I didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is he saying? Well, he, he can't say that. Because if he says that, then they're like, you're going with him. Yeah, buddy. yeah, of course. Of course. So what? So when he's just answering, he's, be, he's been like, yeah, I'm sorry. Before I died, I was really remorseful about that. I'm real sorry. You're so smart and so <laughs> good looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, And uh, Spoletto's dead chill. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Doing his best Guido voice. Yeah, yeah. 
Fuck. Jesus Christ. So at the end of the day... How long did this go on? One day. Good God. And they it, dressed him up. They dressed him up in his old his old robes, an old hair shirt. He put, they put the hat on him. Everything. Just a corpse sitting on a chair. At the end of the day, a verdict is read. What, what would you think the verdict was, guys? <laughs> I bet... I bet he was completely absolved of all the charges. <laughs> guilty, Chad. Guilty. No. Was, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You. Wow. Can't believe it. Yeah. Well, he's guilty. So you know what they do? They kill him. <laughs> kind of. No. They, they cut off three fingers on his right hand because that's the hand he blessed stuff with. They give that a, to. Uh, they give those to a Gertrude. They take his body. They bury it in a pauper's grave. Three days later, they dig it up. They drag it through the streets. They put weights on it and throw it in the Tiber River. Jesus Christ! They put what on it? Weights. So oh it's... my God! At first, but then they gotta they gotta bury him first in a pauper's grave because mm-hmm. he's not a pope anymore. That's right. And right. then they dig him up again. Mm-hmm. God, who had to do that? That eighteen-year-old kid, <laughs> yeah, exactly, probably. probably. Now, sure. Whatever you say, <laughs> Mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, I guess, I guess he's guilty. I don't know. <laughs> so he's well-liked, though, this Formosus. He's still well-liked. So a bunch of monks go down the river, and they, they fish him out, and they take him, and they bury him in a secret grave. Wow. And now, this is where things start to get interesting. Ooh. Well, uh, more for, for, in a different way. Mm-hmm. The basilica that they did the trial in falls down. Just a couple mm. days later. It, it just falls over? It, this thing is, is centuries old. It, uh, it, it, it should have been condemned. Right. It was okay. originally like for bodyguards and, and, and uh, cavalry, and then it was like mistresses, and then uh, Constantine gave it to his wife, and then eventually they gave it to the Pope. Yeah. And they use it for zombie kangaroo forts. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and that's when God and also Jesus Christ intervened. <laughs> like, you're going to put a guy on trial in this fucking basilica. We're going to take the motherfucker down, and, and, bro. <laughs> I'm the only guy that gets to come back. From the dead, dude. <laughs> and it, it's, it's three days you dug him up. <laughs> Fuck you. That's my thing. I mean, the three days thing is very interesting yeah. to me. Well, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's still there. We should get him. Oh, what's it been? Three, two, three days. Right. How many fingers did we cut off? <laughs> yeah, that many days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the basilica, I mean, it should have fallen down at any point. You know, this thing's uh, de- uh, hundreds, hundreds of centuries old, years old. And uh, like it, it, at one point, uh, they shipped over the largest obelisk in the world from Egypt. Constantine shipped it over, and uh, they put it up, and then it fell over and broke, so they just buried it. And they didn't discover it until 1500s. They're like, oh, well, look at this shit. No shit. Yeah, so they fixed it, they put it up again. Wow. Oh, just, God. Things just happen, they fall down, you pour rocks over. You yeah. Know, that's history yeah. for yeah. So, also, along with the building falling down, that's a bad sign for everybody. Yeah, I think. But then people start hearing that miracles have been happening at Formosus' pauper grave. Mm-mm. And so suddenly no the public's way. like, that's two, that's three strikes on you folks now. I don't know what the first one was, maybe the, the court, the trial, then the building falls down, and then the miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then there's what they call a palace revolution. Really? And Stephen is imprisoned, and you know what they do to popes in prison? They strangle him to death. That's what they always do. No shit! No way. <laughs> or they poison him. But usually they choked him out? They strangled him to death. And, uh... The story doesn't quite end there, though. So Pope Stephen gets strangled to death in prison. Mm-hmm. Worked. Fuck, nice. Mm-hmm. And he's seceded... Uh, Kiss the uh, ring, bitch. <laughs> he's seceded by Pope Romanus, who dies three... Uh, he doesn't die. He's there for three months. They say, we don't like you. They turn him into a monk, and they ship him out. <laughs> <laughs> he's is succeeded by Pope Theodore II. Theodore liked Formosus. He said, everything that happened to Formosus doesn't count. Everything Formosus said was ruled valid. That's legit. And oh, so yeah. that, that synod was annulled. He wow. dies after 20 days. No. Oh, 
Another mystery. Who the fuck is... What's going on? The fuck is Panetta's, dude? It's fucking the guilt truth. We can't get her out of here. She's got elixirs. <laughs> She's got various elixirs. We're all getting choked out. Uh, he's succeeded by Pope John the Ninth, And John says, no more trials of dead people. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, for real. Like, what the hell is... I mean, if you mentioned being like in the audience for that shit with this dead guy on the stage and somebody yelling at him and this 18-year-old kid being like, nah, nah, it's chill. And you're like... I do not. Do? I do we, not recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if you're a sensible person, yeah. and you're watching all of this highly dysfunctional pageantry, mm-hmm. don't you think that everybody's going to be like, they're vulnerable? Let's get them. Well, that's what I mean. That's the public. Yeah, the normal people were like, this is insane. Yeah. So I, I, you know, there's a reason for that revolution, right? But now Pope John the Ninth, he's uh, succeeded by Sergius the Third. S e r g i u s. That is a good pope name. It is a good yeah. pope name. And so, well, you know what Sergius does? He's a big splitting, too. He digs Formosus back up. Jesus. <laughs> retries him. He's guilty again. They cut off three fingers on his other hand, then behead him, and then throw him in the river again. <laughs> you fucking motherfuckers. I thought that I was done. I thought I was fucking resting up in heaven with all these bitches with chestnuts, and now you're going to do this to me again? Jesus fucking Christ, dude. And uh, eventually he's caught in a fisherman, fisherman's net, and they drag his body out again, <laughs> rebury him, and then years later, uh, there's, there's a fisherman. What would you get? The Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, nah. they always said that Jesus was a fish, but yeah, 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 yeah. the fishes and the loaves. Eventually, years later, the apophysis says that they they get public statement of innocence for Formosus, and because Pope John the Ninth said you can't try dead people, and Sir, so Sergius's second trial is annulled, and all of Formosus' works are reinstated. No shit. Mm-hmm. And is that still uh, canon? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. No shit. Mm-hmm. God, what? A, like, I, mean, I feel like it is very close to the Roman, like the decadent emperor's time, where it's just like. No, this is flying by the seat of your pants, just like whoever can get in, like total power struggle. Like, Yeah, and, and like he was a well-loved pope. Yeah. By The public loved him. Yes. But because of like, you know, interfamilial dynasty competition and rivalries, mm-hmm. they had, they felt the need to do this, despite what everybody else thought. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's lunacy. Mm-hmm. But this is an era where because there's no direct secession unless someone unless the pope says this guy's following me mm-hmm. then these things happen mm-hmm. you know it's just all back and forth yeah. and this is an era Sergius III he begins the era that is known as the papal pornography oh hell yeah and that it is also uh, called the rule of the harlots <sighs> because this eventually begins a time and there's uh, some characters for another profiles where basically uh, uh, two women a mother and her daughter basically fucking control the popes for the next 50, 60 years almost. Hell oh my yeah. God, you know how much I love that. Uh, now, were there any sort of chestnuts involved? <laughs> <laughs> certainly could have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, there's, and the, I mean, there's that thing of, I don't know when it was, but the, the alleged female pope. Mm-hmm. Well, that might, that might be around this time. There's a woman named Theodora and her daughter uh, Morosia. Yeah, and I think Marosia gives birth to a a kid f- after having sex with a a pope or, or or someone up there, and that her kid becomes pope. Wow! And so uh, her mother was a mistress of a pope, and then she becomes the mother of a pope, and so there's a, it just goes down the line. Damn, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that is uh, pure lunacy. Uh, yeah, I yeah, sheer hysteria. 
pornographic. <laughs> God, could you imagine how hot, like, fucking nasty Vatican sex is? God, well, how you know, I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, so, fuck. so one crazy thing I found is growing up Catholic, and you get used to the deal of what the whole story is. But back in the day, you know, uh, there wasn't all the, the celibacy shit. And then they were like, all right, here's what's happening. This is why we're going to institute celibacy, because these priests will have families and leave their money to them. Mm-hmm. And we need that money and we'd for like, us. We'd really like the money. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, we're going to cultivate a herd of pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, uh, you know <laughs> little boys don't get pregnant. <laughs> Life hack. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. Oh. You know, they were just sitting around some dimly lit table, like, what are we going to do? All the, the, these fucking cardinals and priests are leaving all their money. You their know families. what I've imagined the entire time you've been telling me this story is how fucked up the mouth of the corpse is. <laughs> just how, like, ah! They made Deacon move it with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can think of it. This is conjecture. He says he didn't do a shit. Teeth are falling out, worms <laughs> and shit. I, I mean, the second time they dig him up, dude, that is too good to be true. That he ends up in a fisherman's net is so stupid. What'd you get? Salmon? No, the Pope. <laughs> uh, well, what are we going to eat? Get back out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he... Weirdly, he doesn't have any fingers. <laughs> He's missing six fingers? That's the Pope. You got the Pope. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> Jesus Christ Almighty. Good God. For me, one of the interesting things is, like, Stephen the Sixth. no one has any fucking idea what he did before he was Pope until he died. Or, I mean, and, and, and you know, obviously mm. after he died. But before he was Pope, there's not a fucking word about him or, like, where he... No one knows when he was born. Really? He, uh, they assume he was born in Rome because you can't become... You couldn't become a Pope unless you were born in Rome. Yeah. But there was no mention of him until he became, becomes Pope and then he's Stephen yeah. VI. Well, that's like I was saying like, about earlier about the rewriting of the Bible, mm-hmm. depending on whoever was emperor. It's like, it's so easy to purge history at that time. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just be like, nope, that guy wasn't around. No, no. No, 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 we don't... We don't we, talk We don't that. talk about that. <laughs> this is polite society where we dig up dead people and right. have sex with hookers on the floor under candlelight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't talk about such things. We like to drag them through the mud after they're long dead. <laughs> and, uh, we, have, we like little boys speak for mm-hmm. them. <laughs> might have to dig them up again, I don't know, you know. God. That is... Uh, that is wild. That's a wild time. You know that there were just, like... Just some sensible women around in the room, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just in the corner, like, can you believe this? I gotta fuck this guy later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotta fuck this guy later. What are you doing later? Oh, we're gonna take the body out, <laughs> yell at him. And then, uh, well, so, we'll honey, how was your day? <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you do at work today, hon? Dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you these, this, these spilettos are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they got the Pope on a chair, bro. He's all fucked. That was jaw everywhere. It's all falling all over the place. Send you sputum. 
Yeah. So uh, Giltrude, I mean, it was that the thing is that she was poisoning everybody. Is that, that the idea? everyone? That seems to be. You know, it smells like a fish. It looks like a. F- it, I don't know what the phrase. Is, but. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like a fish, but it's the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, little update. An update. Uh, update. Update. Every time when I was watching Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid, you were watching. You know, yeah, I know you watched that. Yeah, yeah, it was like the only show my family watched, like as a family, <laughs> right? Uns- <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries. And uh, my dad was always like in the back of the room. Like we were like me and my mom and my brother were all like in the front of the room. My dad was on the couch in the back. And like some segment would end about fucking like you know whatever Noah's Ark or UFOs or ghosts or some shit. And the segment would end, and like me and my mom and my brother in the front would be like, "Well, what do you think happened? That's so fucked up." Blah blah. blah. And like meanwhile, like the thing would start spinning on the screen, like the triangle that said "update," right? <laughs> and my dad from the back of the room would scare the fuck out of us by going "update, update," <laughs> and like we'd be like, "Ah!" But uh, from the Prince of Porn episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian messaged me. With a archival uh, New York Times article about Phil Prince's wife's murder. That was the 1977 yeah. article that he 1977, sent 1977, the year punk exploded. <laughs> mm. Phil Prince's wife was found, if uh, you've listened to the episode, which you should. It's maybe our second most listened to mm-hmm. uh, after Porno Samurai Killer. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. His wife was found with a second dead woman. There was two women killed in the apartment. And this was, um, according to the New York Times article of the day, in a um, call box operated entry system mm-hmm. apartment like you have, mm-hmm. um, Matt. Is who I'm you got to get let in. Yeah, you got to get let in. And she, his wife was dead at the door. So she, like, whoever knocked or whatever was killed there, and then the other woman was killed further than the apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, Phil found them and ran down to the street and grabbed... Uh, local policemen mm-hmm. and alerted them to the crime scene. And in the article, it's like a two, three paragraph article. They're like, this guy owns a porn theater. Known <laughs> pornographer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get into that. They're like, this guy's. And and they also say, um, this is kind of a nice building on an otherwise seedy street. <laughs> they oh. trash the street in the article. It's <laughs> quality reporting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... But um, it, it was. I, I, I thanked Brian. I was like, "That's a that's a very good poll. It lets you a little window into. I mean, what the fuck was going on? Who knows? Yeah, Phil murdered those broads, dude. Yeah, I mean, but it is. It's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, another update there is that um, Nicholas Winding Refn, mm. who purchased the negative of the Prince of Porn documentary, has finished remastering it from the originals. And he's going to be putting it on his curated website soon. I think it's called bynwr.com, bynicholaswiningriffin.com. And it's it's basically going to be a kind of digital gallery. And yeah. He's, and, and Prince of Porn is going to be shown on there in all its full quality glory. And, yeah. And, and um, it really seemed like he was just going to grab it for a personal archive thing. And instead he's going to bring it to the masses. Yeah, it really makes you think that this refing guy is like Keyed in. so down for weird shit. Yeah, and I think I think Brian cool. Brian has actually written a few articles for it too. Yeah. So when that when that pops, we'll uh, we'll link everybody to it. Yeah, absolutely. That's gonna be very exciting. Mm-hmm. 
I want to plug. Aaron and I are going to be doing、um, some more character work as、mm-hmm. Heath and Heath Barcelona and Randy Rigg,、mm-hmm. uh, pickup artists extraordinaires. Yes, dating coaches,、um, douchebags. <laughs> We got some more、uh, videos coming out. The、mm-hmm. uh, Vegas Barcelona University Vegas is、yes. going to be coming out、yes. very with, soon with legend to porn star Brianna Banks.、Ooh. Yes, Brianna Banks was so sweet to、oh, us. The best. She was so kind. She was so willing to just completely meet us. <sighs> And then totally improv whatever bullshit <laughs> yeah, we wanted. Yeah, she was game for whatever. Like、yeah. it was, it was really kind of her. Yeah. So that'll be coming out probably right around when this episode comes out. Yeah.、Ooh. So、um, go to heathbarcelona.com、mm-hmm. or follow Heath Barcelona on Instagram,、mm-hmm. and maybe we'll even、uh, put up a link on the profile's Instagram just so that you can.、Um, yeah, absolutely. Can go from there and, and take a look at the. Yeah. Very shortly, we'll be returning as Heath and Randy to Bleak and Review. Two,、yes. uh, February third, we record that,、mm-hmm. and、uh, we'll have some other wacky characters. They could be interdimensional Nazis. I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? But it will be great fun. It'll be great fun. And、try it out. Try it out. Just try it out. Keep an eye out for、uh, Matt's new episode of Bleak and Review with、uh, the habitually beautiful Katie Merriam、mm-hmm. and Derek Lamos and.、Um, That's all I got to plug for right now. I、um, think. You know,、uh, John, I'm in the market for luxury but affordable audio headwear.、Ooh. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know. How do I get this podcast in my ears? How do、I、you be- do it, Aaron? I like just you know call me pervert, call me freak. This <laughs> 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 is just something I enjoy.、Uh-huh. <laughs> but studio. From Sweden makes a hell of a headphone. Is that right? Yeah, they've got a couple of different、mm. models. If you like the in ear, if you like the over the ear,、Ooh. around the whatever, they've got some very comfortable, very high quality and affordable headphones for you all to try out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to. I s- fall asleep every night wearing them because I don't want my roommates to hear the ferocity of the porn I'm listening to. <laughs> That's right, but you listening, want- not watching. <laughs> you fall well, asleep. It's, <laughs> it's white noise. <laughs> yeah. Buy the headphones. Try it out. Profiles fifteen. <laughs> Profiles fifteen is the code at studiosweden dot com. Studiosweden dot com. I'm sorry, Aaron. That was really rude. No,、me. it wasn't. I was a dickhead. You are. A dickhead. I was a fucking piece of shit, bro. Yeah, some people had a hard time listening to all the ball beating stuff. Even girls、Oof. told me like I couldn't handle that. And girls are traditionally love to beat. They're, u- <laughs> yeah, they're, they're usually they're usually and they're so good at it. Yeah, not usually.、Uh, yeah, they love to step on them, smush them. Yeah, put them on their eyelids. <laughs> Chicks ain't usually ball sensitive, bro. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't get it.、Though. But yeah,、um, sorry if that was a little bit of an X-rated episode. But you guys loved it. It's our most listened to episode. episode. I'm not sorry for shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was、um, the last episode we talk about drinking piss. Yeah, that was, the pee episode is so good. Oh,、God. piss is so funny. Spitman、so, in it. Spitman in it. Well, like you know, I thought maybe this episode wouldn't be so popular, but like I need new pair of trainers, and like every three minutes, people be giving me fivers. Every, fivers, every five. three minutes, fiver, fiver, BB and T, high gravity lager. <laughs> in like, it. I went over to the Va- Vatican and I just saw like all these different women on the floor, and you could actually like see the residue. <laughs> Busy mates. <laughs> me and Aaron have like we as much shit as we talked about the Ramones jingles. We were like. 
Oh, that can't. high gravity lager song. <laughs> high <laughs> gravity lager. Steel rings. The, they hit that harmony. They, the harmony is so good because, like, that was the jingle I liked the least. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, no, this is the best one. Mm. Well, it? I want it. <laughs> well, I like it. Oh, yeah, we're not afraid of it. <laughs> hey, what do you got to drink? <laughs> What do you have to drink? Yo, what you got to drink? <laughs> Steel res- Oh, <laughs> fuck. You got any piss? <laughs> Guys, I think we have wrapped um, yeah. another brilliant oh. episode. Matt, thank you for sharing. Profile. Sure, yeah. Yes, that was me. great. That hope, was eccentric. I hope it was able. To, it was easy uh, for people out there to keep track of. A lot it's, of uh, there's a lot of names. A lot of names. Oh, right, but it was um, the imagery will stick in my mind. Forever. Yeah, yeah. That was um. That was sheer hysteria. That was um. Really fucked up. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Weekend at I'm a much better person for knowing that that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. Because. I love it when people get out of hand, man. Mm-hmm. Digging that guy up the second time? That's, that's my favorite Ooh, part, too. boy! Who, who thought they'd make a weekend at Bernie's, too? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be up on the Insta. Hell weekend yeah. at Formosa's. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, around. I'm guilty. <laughs> um, I love you guys. I'm saying goodnight. My name's John Faye. And I'm Aaron Pita. Thank you. My Bruce. Thank you, folks. Arrivederci. It's fucking spinatus. <laughs> Spoletta, bitch. You fucking spinatus, motherfucker. You fucking.